I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. As a parent, I am so aware of what I am programming into my girls. But one area I focus on even more now as they get older is their relationship with money. I grew up in a house where we didn't have a lot, but we made it work. We were always having fun, making up games, doing routines, and putting on shows, not focusing on the lack, but on what we did have. Money or an abundance of money wasn't a big part of my childhood, but the most important thing I do remember, even though we didn't have much, we were always taken care of and we always had fun. My mom was the creator of a fun house. If any of my friends who listen that grew up with me will be the first to say, my mom, even though we didn't have the means to do all the fancy things, we had the best childhood memories. All those moments are memories, but I wonder if any of those memories are blocks that I have holding me back from living in true abundance without limits. It's so important to be in an awareness of our money blocks. Do you live in an abundant mindset knowing everything is always perfect and you're always provided for? Or do you live in lack, always stressed out about money after watching your parents struggle and say things like money doesn't grow on trees? and looking at your life as without versus with. My guest today is all about that. She has such an incredible story on how she became aware of her blocks and how she has raised her children. After learning about Donna and how she grew up and where her breadcrumbs led her is so fascinating. You will love her story. Before I introduce her, please remember to sign up for my four-session Magic Mindset Summer Camp for either you or your child, or you can both come because it's free. And I want to give you a gift for listening to my podcast and for entering a new school year in person. Yes, no more Zoom. And I just want to give you a positive and empowering mindset for both you and your child. I will teach my six-step magical formula so you, you are equipped with the tools that you can use in your life to raise the vibration in your homes and have faith in your kids that they will know how powerful they truly are. It is my passion, and I'm on a mission to inspire millions of kids with this mindset so they have the clarity in their life early on, so they can set big goals and know how to take action, and know how to change their limiting beliefs into empowering ones, and make smart decisions because they know their core values. I believe each child needs to know these tools so they can move through life with ease and know their true purpose in life is to love and give and make a difference. So on to my guest today, Donna Campbell. She is considered a mind whisperer. 
She combines her knowledge, wisdom, experience, and talents to help people create a life of happiness, prosperity, and love. Her vision is to transform each person's individual pain into silver lining gifts to create a global impact of healing and creating abundance for all. Donna has over 25 years combined years of experience as a former financial advisor. Her book, Financially Fit, is a number one Amazon international bestseller, bringing together the world of money and the energy body and the soul's essence. Financially Fit is for the person who wants to align their inner balance to gain infinite prosperity in all areas of life. Donna is a professional speaker, sharing her techniques during interactive workshops and maintains an international private practice with her heart-centered healing approach to create it now. Donna's educational background includes university degrees in both finance and marketing, and she spent a decade in the financial planning arena as a managing principal for an investment firm. She lived in an ashram for a year, studying the energy body, brainwave patterns, meditation, and healing. In addition, she has studied natural healing with a medicine woman, shamans, yoga healers, and Buddhist monks as they passed down their gifts. Donna currently resides in Big Fork, Montana. And yes, I said Big Fork, Montana. If you go back to episode one, you will remember that I lived in Big Fork, Montana for four years. And it's a small world when I read her bio and I could not believe I was reading Big Fork because not many people live there. It's very small. And she is the president of her company, The Healing Heart, Inc., and has three beautiful children. So please welcome Donna to the show. Welcome, Donna. And thank you so much for having me here today. It is an honor and a pleasure. Oh, thank you. When I started doing my Donna deep dive, <laughs> I loved, first of all, knowing that we I lived where you live in Big Fork yes. for part of my life. And like we said, it's a very small town. So it's one of those rare moments where I'm like, did a double take. Um, But gosh, you know, having this podcast and over a year now, I've seen my life kind of go on these little things where I'm like, oh, that person came to me at this time. And then I go a little, I'm like, oh gosh, look. And I even can look back and see where I was in my growth and you know, always growing and learning and even just meeting you and learning what you do is like, whoa, this is, ex- I mean, just to learn it is so fascinating. I, I could just study you all for, it's just something that I love. And I just, I know my listeners will love too, mm-hmm. but I, I always love starting with your background and how you were raised. And I know you're a mother and I have my two girls and it's a fascinating thing. Cause when I did the intro, I was talking about, I grew up in Seattle in Washington state. And we didn't have, we just made fun. We didn't have the money. We didn't, we didn't go on any fancy trips. There wasn't a lot of abundance, but we made fun. And we always, I always knew I was okay. You know, I was, it was fun. We just made it to be fun. My mom was the fun person. But when you look back and after understanding what you do, you do wonder what money blocks I have, you know, as a 52 year old woman. And what, when I look back after understanding how you get that cleared to create the abundance, to create the 
the unlimitedness in all our life, you know, it's just fascinating. So if you could just start kind of as the the little girl that grew up and kind of go from there, because your story is very fascinating. Well, I grew up in Silicon Valley. And what was unique about that experience was that I lived pretty close to the poverty line. So here we are in the big tech central of the whole world. And we're on the other side of the tracks, so to speak. And I remember my mom asking me questions from time to time about what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I remember the one time where she told me, well, she asked, what do you want to be? And I told her, I'm like, well, I think I'm going to join Greenpeace and save the whales. Because (laughs) it was like at the end of the women's liberation movement, women could be anything. You could be in a man's world. You could have a career and a family. And she wanted to give me opportunities that she didn't have. Well, that wasn't the right answer. I'll tell you that. Because I just essentially told my mom, I'll just be an activist. I didn't know that. And (laughs) because I was, you know, near the poverty line, I became so incredibly passionate about helping other people with their finances to provide opportunities for themselves, for their children, because I didn't have them growing up. And I thought, well, if I could help others do this, then the world could be a better place. So I chose to become a financial advisor instead. And I was responsible for $500 million of other people's money, which Mm. broke down my health, ended a marriage, and left me financially devastated at the end of my 10-year career. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I want you to go back to, so you chose this field, Mm -hmm. which to me, like how you grew up, like that would be something, well, if I, the polar opposite, right? Mm-hmm. And then you learn this, you get married mm-hmm. and then you have your children realize that you're not feeling well. Yeah. And then talk about that because that's when I, I know the shift happens because you go from trying to figure out what's going on with your body in connection. Now knowing that it was with what your life, like dis-ease, right? The whole thing with anything that goes on internally is usually what's going on in your world, right? And that's exactly what I learned. Exactly. I went to Western medicine and followed it for two years. And I had everything from a stomach viral infection to acute pancreatitis to doing all kinds of crazy testing. And then they took out a gallbladder only to discover that it was perfectly normal and healthy. Mm. And after two years, I left Western medicine and I started looking at natural healing because I went, there's got to be a different way. I need to be healthier. I don't know why I have all of these digestion issues and the pain that I was having. So I found a doctor who was a naturopathic doctor, but she also did oriental medicine. And she gave me some enzymes after a really long intake. And what we uncovered was I wasn't able to digest food. So if I wasn't digesting food on the inside, there was something in the outside of my life that I was unable to digest as well. And as I was getting healthier and the food was being digested, what I learned was the anger and the infidelity of my marriage was what I wasn't able to digest. It was hidden from me. It was in my environment. I didn't know. I had Mm -hmm. two small children. Um, My youngest was only, you know, six to nine months old at the time. And the anger. Now, the environment I grew up in growing up with my mom and my dad, it was a very angry household. 
So I thought anger was normal, but I didn't like it. So when I was married, there was less anger, but there was still anger. So after so many years, I was essentially just digesting anger all the time in all of my environments. And that's what I was eating. So I was eating away at me, which caused my physical level of dis-ease within me. Hmm. And then after my marriage ended, a few months later, he was moved out of the house. I was happy. I ate whatever I wanted. The excess weight I was trying to release and lose off of my body came off 40 pounds in three months because I was starting to digest happiness and not anger. And that is what ignited me on this path that I do today. Right. And when you go to that oriental medicine person Mm -hmm. and they are talking to you, are you open to that right away? Are you trying to understand it and thinking, okay, this must, or I'm just desperate. I'm going to try to figure this out and do what she's telling me to do. Right. I had no idea whatsoever. She came to me as a referral from a friend. I show up, I sit in her office and I, for an hour and a half and tell her my life story if she asks questions. And then she puts me on this table, does some energy work by pushing certain acupressure points on my body and having me think about certain things. And I'm like, okay, this is so unconventional to me. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I was open to energy work. I started dabbling in it. I was starting to learn Reiki and some other things, but it was just a totally, totally different, but I was open. And then at the end, she prescribed me some enzymes and sent me home. I would come back two or three days in a row. And I had to travel back and forth because I lived five or six hours from her. Oh my gosh. So every other weekend for the weekend, and she would spend every single day working on me with the energy work. And it was the same process every single time. And then one day it was like, I woke up and I knew instantly everything that was going on because Hmm. it started working. So it was supplements and it was the energy work. And it was the start of me learning about your thoughts, your beliefs, and the emotions behind them. Right. And to think of, you know, knowing anger and getting that inside of you. I mean, just even the word saying it kind of makes you feel that, you know, that tension, you know, anything that I always talk about your words and the thoughts, you know, they're so powerful to who you are and the state or your vibration. But you think of, you know, thinking that it's anger is part of life and that's what marriage is and living with that and knowing that this is where I'm at and I've made my commitment. I have my babies, right? Then all of a sudden, you know, something's wrong. And when you go to that person and it's like, oh my gosh, then now he, your husband moves out. And now it's like the weight that you had that you're trying to lose with the baby weight. Yeah, that you had been. Didn't you have like a trainer and you had like nutrition, you know, counting your calories and all that? Nothing was working. Nothing. I went to the gym five, six days a week. The personal trainer, counting calories, kept a food log. A year later, nothing changed. So I changed gyms, trainers, and diets. Went another six months. Nothing changed. So that wasn't my path. It wasn't my how-to method. And then I quit all of that at the time that I decided that I was going to file for a divorce because it wasn't who I was and it wasn't the environment that I wanted to live in. So it became my personal choice. And I, the marriage dissolved at that time. And after he left, I quit all of those things, ate whatever I wanted. I remember there was a couple of times that, oh, brownies sound good for dinner. Oh, funny. <laughs> I would eat the whole pan. Oh my gosh. And I was happy. <laughs> 
And about three months later, I walked into my office and in the financial services world. And my assistant said, Donna, you need new clothes. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, turn, look behind you. And I had on my suit and it was just hanging off of me. I didn't realize I shrunk six with those 40 pounds. Had no clue. I really did have to go buy new clothes. Oh, that's fun. (laughs) That's a fun reason to buy new clothes. (laughs) But I had no idea. I had no idea. Wow. Huh. So here we are. Now you're like onto this new path. You've released all this weight. You're still working in the financial business. Uh And then how do you get to the ashram? What I started doing was meditating and I started following different people and they're they're What they were saying was close your eyes, take deep breaths, try not to have any thoughts. And so I was doing that every night after I put my children to bed. And I realized that I wanted to know more and take some courses with it. I discovered a Zen Buddhist monk that was in town and went to a couple of his classes and he taught us a walking meditation. And in that walking meditation, we had to be very mindful of where we were, our placement, our feet, how far we were in front of someone, all of that. And after 20 minutes, he sat us down and said, this is a metaphor for life. Meditation is not something you do, it's something you become. And it's really about the alteration of your brainwave patterns to be in a certain brainwave. But meditation, he said, it's not five minutes a day or 20 minutes a day. You live in this state of being, whether you're tending your children and cleaning house and driving the car and going to your work. It's this state of being to be in. And Mm -hmm. I was captivated because I knew that my health had already ended and was recovering and my marriage wasn't there anymore. And those had me in common. So I had to figure out me and get good with me, with my healing journey. So that was when I chose to move to a U.S.-based ashram, which is a spiritual living community, to become meditation. It's like praying a prayer, but instead of just praying the prayer, you become the prayer you prayed. So you're becoming the meditation on a daily basis. So it's all day long. You live that. You, it's a certain state of mind in it. Science brainwave patterns, if you want to know. Most of us are in a beta brainwave. It's an active brainwave pattern. I'm talking, you're listening, we're in beta brainwaves. But when you're in those higher emotions like stress and frustration and anger, you're in a high beta brainwave in there. And that's what causes the physical havoc within the body. Now, when you lower the brainwave patterns, it happens naturally, even with the course of the day. So the next brainwave pattern is an alpha brainwave, and it happens um, and takes place in the frontal lobe. And what it does is you picture what you want. You visualize it, or you think about the vacation that's coming up next week. You're engaging in alpha brainwaves. The next one is a theta brainwave, which really comes to the top of your head, and that's the energy of no thought that we always try to get to in meditation, but we naturally go in and out of theta brainwaves. So when you're waking up in the morning and you fall back asleep, but you were dreaming, but you woke up, but you remember your dream, Mm -hmm. that's a theta brainwave. Hmm. So it's about living in those states, the theta and the alpha more so than the beta as a lifestyle and keeping it there. And it has to also do with the frequencies, how many cycles per second it is, 
and how it affects with the earth energy field in the Schumann resonance, which is, I want to say 7.86, 7.83. And that's the natural vibration frequency of the earth. It means that the energy cycle 7.83 seconds or around the earth's 7.83 oh, huh. per second. And a theta brainwave and an alpha brainwave right at this point where they intersect is right at that, that energy there. So that's where we really truly want to live to have a life of balance and peace and calmness. Wow. And so you're in the ashram, you bring your babies mm-hmm. and it, you know, what it was really intriguing to me, you know, that's a big step <laughs> to quit your job mm-hmm. and move to something with two children. No, and I mean, really But, you know, when I think when I was listening to that, it was in my mind, it was she's listening to her intuition. She's knowing what the next step and she's going and she's saying yes. And I always say to people, you know, when you hear that voice and you question it and you have the fear and you have the block and it's like a cement wall and then you don't go through it, you know, or climb over it you're still going to be stuck in that spot. And to know the magic is on the other side of that wall and to take that step and kick down the door, I always say, but is that what you, how you would describe it? Like you just knew that's where you had to go next and it wasn't even a question. Right. It wasn't a question. It was, I knew it was something that I needed to do for me. I knew it was something I wanted to embrace and I wanted to get my children really good with a good foundation as well. So I enrolled them in their schooling program. So they were in school. I did their teacher training program. So we were all in alignment. And what that gave us was a really good, solid foundation and base. Now that my children are older, they don't have very many memories about that time, but how they grew up and who they are and who they became, they're very solid, very oh, yeah. solid individuals. Oh, I love that. I can't wait to hear how, what they do. So you finished the year and -hmm. now you're enlightened and it's, now it's time to go on. You decide to what create a business, start healing, like figuring out your, like your little specialty. Yes, but not quite exactly. I had one more set of lessons to learn. And I understand today why I had to learn them. When I left the ashram, I was in a partnership with another person And it was a spiritual partnership and we were supposed to help each other and live in this lifestyle. But we ended up moving to Missoula, Montana for a very short time. And it was after that experience and after moving out of the ashram that that person chose to become physically violent towards me. And because of that, and that's not acceptable to me either, I left and I remember meditating, praying, everything after I left, driving back to where I started, saying the prayers of if I, you know, keep me and my children safe. And if I'm meant to follow this path of healing, then, you know, I will dedicate my life to being a healer and study and learn and help myself and help others. And when you make a prayer like that, you very quickly end up doing it. So when I returned back to where I started in Idaho Falls, it was about two days later, I was sitting and meditating going, well, I made a promise. It's time to fulfill it. And then I had tried to go back into the financial services industry also at that time, because being securities licensed, you can only go so many years without being held by a broker dealer. And at the time it was the global recession. So nobody was hiring. So 
it just worked out that I couldn't have a job in my old profession to generate income and do healing on the side. You know, the spirit, the universe heard me and instantly I was there and and had to start a business. I love that. You know, just when you hear stories like that, it gives people, I, I want it to teach people that everything in life is always work happening for you. You know, like to think you could get so, oh my gosh, the recession and oh my gosh, I can't do this. And where am I going to make money? But to allow those times to know that, you know, everything is, is for me and to look at the, what's the next breadcrumb coming, you know, Mm -hmm. that I get to take and see what, where it leads me. But that's what your story does for me. I, I look at it like, you know, you embraced what was going on as a gift or it was you know, you didn't go down the spiral of, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you really just took that as a, it wasn't heavy. You know what I mean? But I did get to learn a lesson around that (laughs) (laughs) and a learning how to see things as gifts. Because at the time that I was there briefly in Montana, I met a medicine woman on an Indian reservation and she actually looked like Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, funny. <laughs> but you, you know, an Indian woman with long black braids, you know, leather skin. Nope, nope. She looked like Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, funny. And I remember she was teaching me different things energetically and different strategies that I use today in my work. But one of the things that she did was she was the only person I really knew in Montana when some of those altercations, domestic violence happened. So I called her because I needed a place to go. And she told me no. Oh, she said, I'm working with clients. I have this going on. You can't be here. This isn't the right energy. Do you have a plan? Do you have money? Do you have, and instead of allowing me to, and enabling me to be a victim. Right. Exactly. She stopped me and empowered me to figure it out on my own. And that was probably one of the toughest, hardest obstacles that I ever had to overcome. And when I got it and I realized, and that the power was within me and that the strength was already there, all I had to do was like push a button and you're on to the next step. Mm -hmm. If she didn't do that for me, I don't know that I would be the person here today. Was it hard? Yeah. But was the gift in there? Absolutely. And she taught me so much on an energetic level that way. Oh, I love that. What I hope people do today is find the gifts in those hard, traumatic experiences of here's the good thing that came from it. Right. And that all goes into the work. Yes. And so I know you, you wrote this book that I, is so fascinating. I can't reach, wait to read it, Financially Fit. And I know that you have courses online and I was looking at it. And I, so when someone comes to you, um, because I want to, (laughs) when someone comes to you because they feel like they're blocked or they're, you know, Mm -hmm. there's certain health, prosperity, and abundance, money, relationships. Those are the three main things, right? So I get with you on a phone call. We don't need to see each other, right? (laughs) It's an energy thing. And you go down to when they, will you explain this childhood thing? Cause that yes. is just fascinating to me because as a mother, you know, it's a different feeling when, you know, you're look at, looking at your life and how you were, you know, back at six years old, did you, you know, what happened? You know, you've, the memory of that and it's in your subconscious and, you know, you, all these subconscious thoughts are always in your, 
body till you die. Mm -hmm. And as a mom, I have been so, because I had my children older, I've been really conscious about, you know, it's always abundance and, but we still are aware, you know, it's this awareness that I teach. I don't teach lack in in the right way. You know what I mean? It's not that, oh, let's go to the mall and go on a shopping spree. I don't mean it like that, but I do. There is an awareness as an older parent understanding this idea, but I'm sure they have these blocks, even though I've been really trying hard as a parent, but how do you, will you go through that? Cause that's so fascinating. Absolutely. With an international practice all around the world, clients want three things, better health, increased wealth, or enhanced relationships. So really what they're asking for is happiness, prosperity, and love. And the way it works is that your subconscious records everything from the moment you're born to the moment you exit this earth. And it records everything as a factual event. And then it starts assigning the feelings and emotions to the events. Now, the problem with this is, is we're only aware of that happening 10% of the time. We know this because scientists measured Albert Einstein's consciousness level and his awareness level was 10%, which really means the other 90%, we have no idea what those feelings and emotions are to those events. So what I learned how to do through the various natural healers that I have studied with is how to start with the feeling and emotion that's going on in the body, finding out where it's located and going it, tracing it back through the subconscious to find the first occurring event that they can consciously remember where it got attached to. And then we can start uncovering what was needed, what needed to be felt. And we use, I use a strategy that I call pivot and shift. It relates back to laws of motion through Isaac Newton and physics. And we shift that vibrational frequency in the brain. So in the brain, there's two neurons and in the middle is a synapse. And that's where the chemicals get created, the hormones for our body, but also where the feelings are. So that's why when you feel an emotion, you feel it throughout your entire body, not just, oh, I have anger in my right, you know, my right hand. That's silly. It's throughout the whole body. So when we change that frequency and we teach the brain something different, because in every moment, every possibility exists, we just... The subconscious just got focused on anger or on frustration, and it failed to look at all the other possibilities. So then we make that change to what it was. Maybe it needed to be kindness. Maybe it needed to be generosity. Maybe you needed to feel loved and nurtured. So when that shift happens, the brain instantly creates a new chemical, and you feel that flush go through your body, and then it has a new pattern of behavior to behave by. The event still happens. But how you feel about the event is what changes because we opened up the spectrum to release the subconscious from being stuck in one energy. That subconscious works as an automated response system. So if it's stuck on frustration, whenever situations come to you, you're just always going to respond in frustration, even though you're trying to override it differently. And when we change that, when it gets associated to the event at that point in time, to say like, you know, happiness or, or nurturing, then instead of the automated response system being frustrated, it's going to come back and give you, you know, kindness or generosity or, or happiness, whatever those words are that you needed at that time. So each person has their own unique experience with that. Okay. So this is where I'm taking this class right now. 
this course. And uh, we're talking about, you know, your limiting beliefs and we all have limiting beliefs and that, you know, I'm becoming aware of my limiting beliefs and they can be where you react. Right. And you, and you realize, oh my gosh, that's a limiting belief. What did I, you know, what, I wonder what that is. And then we go deeper into it's called a manifestation event. And so we, you know, dial down and wonder, is it serving me? Is it not? And then it'll still become the trigger, but then you're like, oh, I didn't react. And then I'm learning. Is that what you mean? Like, but it goes a layer deeper. Okay. Because a limiting belief could be I'm unwanted. So you can change that to I'm wanted, but in order for that new belief to propel and move forward, it has to have an energy or a fuel. So the law of attraction says, change your thoughts, change your beliefs, you change your life, your thoughts create your reality. Well, if you imagine your thought like a car and that car drives, well, in order for your car to go forward, it needs gasoline, but there's different grades of gasoline. There's diesel, there's hybrid cars, there's electric cars, there's cars that run on corn oil. And if you put in the wrong fuel to the car, that car's not going to go anywhere. Right. It's distant. And if you put in the right fuel, that car will drive a really long time. So our subconscious is that feeling. It's made up of feelings and emotions. Our consciousness is our thought processes, which um, is that law of attraction. Your thought create your reality. The law of magnetism is the feeling that gets associated with the thought. So you can drive a different car every single day, but if you don't change the fuel that goes into it, it may not necessarily be in alignment for it to go. So you can say, I'm rich, I'm abundant, I'm prosperous. But if you feel less than, not wanted, or a lack, that lack, that less than is in that 90%. That 90% is stronger than the 10%. So then it's going to return to you. The universe is going to return to you lack, not enough, I'm not wanted, whatever that frequency is, because it's, a very fluid, emotional-based world that we live in. But when we change the fuel behind it, and it's um, happiness, abundance, prosperity, and you're asking for more money, and it's happiness, abundance, and prosperity, you get a 100% match, so it will return to you every single time. So it's not so much the thoughts or the belief, it's how you feel about the belief. And that's one of the direct ties that we have to money because money is the outside energy world exchange to who we are on the inside. Right. So I'm always about the feeling, you know, I teach that, you know, it's all, you know, feel what it's, you know, visualize, what does it feel like when you get that A on your math test? You know, I mean, when I'm a parent, but you know what I'm thinking. So when you get into alignment and clarity, do you put, get into alignment be happy because I know happy is the, you know, your gratitude is the highest vibration. Yes. Right. On the scale. And when you go deep to this childhood and they find their block uh-huh. and you just walk them, is it through a meditation that you walk them through this block and then they change the words to be on the happy spectrum? Is that it's a little bit different than that? Okay. Tell I me. did meditation. And I go into a deeper brainwave, but I'm still talking at the same time because our brain is so complex. You can run multiple brainwave patterns at the same time. And through loss of physics, we can share in an energy field and an energy space. And there's space in between you and there's space in between me and inside of us, there's a shared space. So I know how to energetically merge 
And then when we ask for the change, you have to give your conscious um, permission for the change. Would you like this without that? Would you like to have kindness without frustration? And the moment you say yes, probably a second before, because you just thought it before you said it, that energetic change starts happening. I flip into an energy of no thought. I go into a deeper theta brainwave. And then from there, your transition takes place inside of you. And I just become a witness or a feeling of the frequency change within you. I use a lot of breathing with it. So whenever there's a larger transition, I have you breathe through so I can relook at the energy body because I'm looking at everything from a place of vibration, energy, and frequency. And that's how I do the reading. So you don't have to go into a meditation. You'll probably go into a lighter state only because we're in a shared energy field and you'll feel my energy with it. But you don't have to do anything except as we go through the questions, we uncover what it is. And if you want the better thing without the thing that we need to let go of, all you do is consciously say yes and your subconscious automatically reprograms it. Hmm. Can you give me a fun example that you did or neat one that really transformed? Yes. I was on a tour and I was in Connecticut and I pulled a gentleman up from the audience. And when I asked him what he wanted to change about his life, he said, I want to create more, more money. So I'm like, okay, well, why? And he said, well, I'm doing really well right now, but, and we're very comfortable as a family, but there's some things that we want to do before our boys go off to college. They have a couple of years of high school left and we want to create the little bit extra income. So we have the more to do these things. So I asked him, okay, well, how does it feel not having the more? And he said, well, I'm incredibly frustrated. So the universe was reading frustration coming out of him in that 90% and returning frustration to him. Mm-hmm. So he could never get ahead. He could never create the more because he was stuck in frustration. Going back to where it was located in the body, he felt a lot of it in his gut area, like a big knot all tied up. And then when the first memory came up, his parents got divorced. He was like nine. And the more the extra got divided up. Now each family was comfortable, but the extra wasn't there. And he was an only child. So his parents played tug of war with him like he was Gumby. So that, that is what created the frustrational energy. And that's what he remembered. So what we found out what he needed, it was a sense of pride and a sense of accomplishment. And he really wanted his own children to respect him. So we put in those energies. We pulled out the frustration using the techniques that I use. And then I have him relook at the event in childhood. Because it tells me if there's something else that needs to change or if the energy is good the way it is. And he said, wow, that's the craziest thing. I am happy and I'm riding my bicycle down the street. My parents still got divorced though, which is true. The event doesn't change. But he remembered it from a different point of view that also happened. So that became his new story. Right. And then I asked him how he felt in the gut area. And he goes, the knot is gone. And in oh. front of us, it looked like he dropped 20 pounds of energetic weight. Wow. Easily. And then guess who got to create the more before his boys went off to school? Huh. College. He did. And that's exactly where they're at right now. And they got to do those things as a family just by changing the frequency that was propelling his action steps forward, those thoughts forward. 
And that was the only change that took place. That was a 15 minute example. I didn't dig down real deep to that's something we would do in a client session, but for a demonstration, but right. it instantly changed and he still got the result that he needed. Honey, you know, I heard that there was something I listened to where you'll know what, how you value money or your belief on money. When you look in your bank account, like mm-hmm. your beliefs around money to uh-huh. like, if you're always in lack mind, like it's, right. you're always like chasing it. Is that what you believe? Right. And how you grew up plays a huge part in it because how your parents interacted with money, you energetically learned how to interact with money the same way. You might do something a little bit different today, but that's where the basis of it was. My mom always told me money is a secret. You don't talk about it. You don't share it with anybody. Is that something between you and your husband? It's a secret. Hmm. And I thought it was really interesting, but when I really looked at it deeper, it was that they were embarrassed because they didn't have money and there was always a lack mentality. And I was constantly told no for anything, even if you wanted the dollar slinky at the store, the one time you ask, it was, it was instantly a no because there wasn't any additional money. It just wasn't there. So I got my first job at age of 14 because I had to start taking care of myself if I wanted to you know, make sure I ate lunch and, and bought my own clothes. Because the more, the extra for them to do anything like that wasn't there. And that's why. But when I got older, those subconscious beliefs, those energies, those feelings were still a part of my paradigm. So even as a financial advisor, yes, it was a lack mentality. My bank accounts reflected that. And that's how I felt about it. But after working through it myself, and it's changed, it's a whole different paradigm today. Because I don't feel those energies anymore. I feel something totally different because I use the same process on Mm -hmm. myself. And I was my own first client. The real interesting part is, is that money is outside of us and it's an energy. But that energy with the money doesn't do anything until you apply an energy to it. And it takes the energy of what you are feeling. So if you feel lack, your money's always going to return lack to you. But if you feel deep down that you're worthy and prosperous, that money is always going to return to you worthiness and prosperity every right. time. Oh, yes. I love that. How did you raise your older kids? I know you have a 10-year-old that's still at home, but the ones, the 17 and 19-year-old? Yes. How, um, how did you raise them with money? <laughs> and that's a great question. It was very open about it. I approached everything from a very supportive standpoint. We would talk about money and we would uncover and we would look at it and see what we could and couldn't do. But my children were always very individualistic. They were very empowered and they had a strength of their own. So instead of them coming and asking me for X, Y, Z, they would figure out how to do it for themselves. And if they couldn't figure out, they would come and ask for advice or they'd say even questions like, hey, can I stay out until X time? And it's like, well, what do you think? What is best for you? What do you have for tomorrow? So I taught them the critical thinking skills. And they would say, well, I really don't want to go. And I'd rather not. So can my mom just tell me no this time? And I can just say my mom said no. Oh, right. <laughs> I would support them in their decision. Right. And if they wanted to stay out, if I didn't think it was a good idea, I would share and explain why. And if it was, then yeah, go for it. Be home by this time. So we would do that. 
including with money. And so they're incredibly responsible. My oldest is in the military. He's getting married, yet they have jobs on top of it. And uh, they're very financially setting their cornerstone at a very young age. And then my, uh, the next one down that was with me during this time, she's 17, but she's finishing online high school and works full-time at the veterans um, hospital as a uh, certified nurse's assistant. And oh. she's 17. Wow. Because she wanted to do that. Not because I told her she had to, not because we have, you know, lack of income or anything like that. It has nothing to do with that. But that's what she wanted to do for her and to get ahead in the career force in the line that she wanted to be in because she wants to go get her RA. Right. So she started in high school. Huh. With your mom, how she was like, you, have, you know, what are you going to be? And you had to, like, yeah. how dare you think you're going to be a Greenpeace? But, right. you know, did that like in your mind trigger you? Like, I am not going to raise my, I'm going to let my kids do, be free to be them, be free to do what they are, just their passion is. Right. I don't know that I thought that when I was like nine or 10, when my mom was doing that, what my mom really wanted for me was the best for me, like any parent. She just taught me all the ways not to do it. So I know how to do it for me and for my children when I had children. And in that, what I was passionate about was helping people with their money. Now, my how-to method wasn't the right how-to method for me. Being a financial advisor and a managing principal wasn't the correct pathway, but my passion was. So now I do the same thing, just completely differently, and it works. Um, in that way versus, you know, what the world says, well, here's the career that you follow because this is what you want to do. And then it didn't work for me. Huh. I know you teach numerology and I am all about that. So I always lately, because I'm, I I just feel like we're all kind of ascending right now into this after the 2020, I believe this like energy is different. And do you feel that way? Oh, yes, absolutely. It's a completely different energy this year than it was last year. Last year, 2020, it added up to a four. Fours are about foundation. It creates a square and a geometrical shape. It's about structure and about building. Well, in order to build something, something has to sometimes be torn down. And with the pandemic and everything else, you either got really good at building something new to move forward um, or it recorrected you onto a pathway to do something a little bit different, to build it a different way. And if you followed that, 2021, two plus two plus one adds up to a five. Five is about change and travel and freedom. So if you built a good foundation the year before, then you're experiencing the travel and the freedom and the changes of today. So it's a whole different energy because you're starting to reap the rewards that you would have built last year. And looking at it on a year basis, when we go to 2022, it adds up to a six. And a six is all about love and family and connection. So we're creating the change now, the freedom to move into deeper, more better connections with love of family. I love that. I, and I know you look at the clock when it's four, 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 five, 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 11, 11, one, two, three, I have all these numbers. And I've 
they're coming out there. I'm more aware of them lately. This last year, it's like, I was telling my hair girl, she goes, Ashley, I keep if five, 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 four, 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 all these times. I, I said, I know. And I teach the kids like, you know, that we'll be looking at the clock and I'll take that moment to say, you know, we used to be 11, 11, where I just sit and say, thank you, God, for this amazing life. Thank you for, and I do a minute of constant mm-hmm. prayer. Mm-hmm. I still do. I mean, but now with the five, 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 and my husband will be in his office, he'll yell five, 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 <laughs> you know, or whatever. But mm-hmm. tell me what your meaning is. How do you put meaning on those little signs? Signs uh, for me, there are a lot of synchronicity. And if you see repetitive number patterns, there's a meaning and a message in there for you. So I look at numbers all the time and quickly denote the meaning of it. But one of the favorite ways that I use numbers in numerology was there were certain number sequences and patterns I continually saw. And just like you, I use that as a reminder to, oh, all right, my favorite number is 811 in the world. Eight's about abundance. 11's a master number. It adds up to a one when eight plus one plus one is a 10. So it's a one. So it's new creation, new beginnings. And I would use that number all the time if I saw it on the clock or my bill added up to it to remind myself, I'm abundant. I am prosperous. I am these things. And I used every number sequence that I remember seeing for that way. And I talk about that a little bit at the end of the book, Financially Fit, of how you can start reprogramming part of your consciousness by using number sequences that you see. Oh, oh, I love that. But it's so, whenever we have an address, I always, someone's moving. What's the address? I got to add it up, you know? Because it's the energy of the property. Totally. Yeah. And I, and it always is exactly that. It's Mm -hmm. exactly that. It has never been wrong, I guess, is my point. But going into your, the, like thinking of what you do for people and, you know, now you're going to get back into like more in-person events. Is that what your goal is? Yes. Moving back towards the live stage, professional speaking. We've been digital here now for a while. And at the end of the month, I'll be at an event in Chicago. And then after that, we're hopefully putting together and doing a West Coast tour. And then we go on to larger stages in October. So yeah, back to live stages. And when you say we, you and you have a, I have a group of people that I'm with. It's called the mentor studio and um, a group of us speakers. And we'll be going out different places to do different shows as we can. So that's why I do say we, because I'm a part of this group to facilitate and to do that. And they all have different modalities. They all talk about something different, not just, oh, that's fun. So with your book, financially fit. Will you explain, because I, the chapters that I was looking at and how you actually have a course on that, people pay you to run a course through that. Explain that because I was looking at, you first go through the childhood, there's six steps. Right. Basically there are. And what it happens is, is in the beginning of the book, Financially Fit, it talks about where you are and you're, you know, going back to your childhood, how you felt about money, how to look at it from an opposite point of view. The middle part of financially fit is about creating and manifesting in this current life where you are in the moment and how that works. And then the last part of the book is really writing your own financial affluence story. So it's like resolving the past to be in the present moment to create moving forward. The coursework 
the book is the foundation. So the coursework is really learning and fine tuning all of those pieces. So you can do it for yourself. You can do it for other people. And there's two different courses. There's one that is the financially fit program, which is a two day class to go through it. And then I have a longer version of it, which is over six weeks where you actually have homework to fine tune and we stretch out, really go deeper into the different levels and add more of what is in the financially fit book into that. So you can create really a life of wealth, prosperity, and abundance. And that's what financially fit is all about, living the secrets to an abundant and prosperous life. Hmm. And that's how I designed the coursework. And when you talk about the story, so at the end, it's someone developing this new story instead of the old story. Are they writing their dream story? Like how, like when I tell the my kids, like, I want to hear your dream life, what it looks yeah. like, you know, when you go into eighth grade, talk about it from the end mm-hmm. and tell me all the things that happened, you know? So is that what they're doing? Yes, except we're bringing it into the present moment of where you are today. So it's not hanging out there in the future. It's not tomorrow, but it's today. And it starts happening today and we program it that way in this new vibration. So you have it today. Okay. Will you give me an example of like what it, what would be a story, like kind of a couple sentences or whatever? Um, So somebody's financial affluence story might be a certain type of lifestyle that they want to live. They want to travel. They want to have their phone in their hand and the toes in their sa- in the sand. And they want to work wherever they're at, but still have vacation time with their family and do these live events and it, you, this whole lifestyle image that's created. So when we create a, a financial affluence story to what that is around a person and their lifestyle, it's always like tomorrow or the next day or in two months. So what we do and what I do with the client is we take that picture and I bring it and encode it into them now, just like clearing the past, except I'm bringing the future into the present. So then it starts today. And when I do that piece with the client doing the private session work, they start experiencing it today. And then they're like, oh my gosh, good things have happened. And this has happened and this has happened. And now this opportunity and this is here. And now I'm flying over here to do this. And that happened really fast. That was only like two days. And you're like, yes, because it's meant to be today, not just hanging out into the future. Right. And you make them believe it's about believing that it is happening today. Right. And it's not just believing, but feeling, feeling the feeling that it's today. Yes. Because we changed it instead of, well, I don't know if that's going to be there tomorrow or not, or I'm still on. Nope. It's now it's today. And this is the energy. And then we change that frequency chemically changes in the body. And it's a new reality. I had a client who was in Florida. They were in the process of purchasing a home and then they were unsure if they would get the home. And after their first session, they were able to get the home at the price point that they wanted that was offered, which they didn't think was going to be happening. And then because they have no furniture or anything, because they've been living in a motor home for so long, they needed to purchase everything. And I said, well, maybe there's somebody out there that's just selling their home and all the contents and it's everything that you love and you can have a reasonable offer because they're going to go do something different. And they said, you know, that sounds like a really good idea. Let's put that in. So we added those frequencies in. It was like five days later, she messages me and says, 
I responded to an ad on Facebook for some bedroom furniture. It was exactly what we were looking for. But when I got to talking to her, I found out she was liquidating her entire house. Before (laughs) it goes to liquidation, we get to come and pick anything we want before they sell us stuff because we're getting the bedroom furniture. So she goes, so we can pick and choose the pieces we want for our new home that match what we want. She's like, that's really cool. So that's something that was in the future we could bring into the present moment. And then it just happened because we changed that chemical programming inside. Oh, I love it. You speak my language. (laughs) See, if we lived in Big Fork, so if I did still, you'd be my friend. (laughs) We would Uh, have fun. We would have a lot of fun. (laughs) Oh, I love all your, oh, I love it. Oh, thank you. It went by so fast. So to find you, it's always Donna Campbell. Dot com mm-hmm. and yes. your book, Financially Fit. Uh-huh. And Amazon. one of the easiest ways that I just put together to get in touch with me is just to text the word manifesting. Oh, fun. 2786. Oh, wait, what is it? 26786. And then you just type the word manifesting okay. to that number and it'll directly link you to me. So manifesting is M A N I F E S T I N G. Oh, I know. I love that word. (laughs) And then it's a direct link. You don't even have to go to a website. It just connects you with me. Oh, and then what? Can I have a session? Right. So it'll go through. It'll show you a client testimonial. It will connect you to my Facebook. It'll connect you to an Instagram. You can connect to a client session or a free 30-minute consultation. So there's a couple of different layers in there that way. And yeah, it'll just directly connect you to me with all that. that is Great. I love that. How easy. Very simple, isn't it? Yes. We're becoming so techni- technologically efficient. Yes, that's a great way to say it because I'm not the most technical person out in the world. And and me neither. Found that's a way like. someone to help me with this piece and it works beautifully. Oh, that's cool. I love that. Oh, it's been so fun. So nice to meet you, Donna. Yes, I've loved it. This was just amazing. And I love the name of your show. So it's just oh, thank you. And I love you. And I love the message that you have are sending out in the world and what you're doing for people and the, just what I see this world becoming, you know, and what people are going to be drawn to you. And you're just going to be so busy (laughs) that I guess these new years, even looking, you know, talking about the numerology and looking ahead and what we have to look forward to and what this world is coming to and what we get to be part of, you know, like we chose to be here in this time to move this whole, whatever world up this next to this next dimension. And it's so fun. Absolutely. And it's all about finding those gifts in the moment and there's a gift every single day. Yes, there is always a magic. Look for the magic. So we say, anyway, so nice to meet you. Thank you. It was great being here. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.